You're listening to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions. Alright, fine, Jeez. Here's John Bishop and your host, Robin Ho. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions here. It's Robin Vote, your host, and of course, sitting across from me is my good friend, just from south of me. It's my good friend, John Bishop. John, how's it going this beautiful Sunday afternoon? You know, we started off cold. Suddenly, we're back in the spring weather again. Yeah, my one of my children came up to me and said, Dad, why did winter come after spring? And uh, <laughs> that, that was yesterday. And then we had a beautiful day. Brought some Brought some groceries uh, to Brighton for my mother-in-law. And, Great. Um, practiced social distancing properly all the way through. And came yep. back, and I'm looking at blue skies and uh, uh, turning green backyard, which uh, is oh, awesome. That so. is that is heaven right there, man. When you start yeah. seeing that ground turn to green, you know that we're moving in the right direction in that case. But, uh, you know, anyway, guys, moving on from our New Englandisms, as I like to call them, the things that matter most to us on the daily basis, let's move into some Star Wars conversation. And, John... I've been talking about it with the other guys here at the podcast, and I got the chance to talk to you about it right now. Listen, this recent episode of Clone Wars, man, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like this before. Um, We are finally able to see our good friend Ahsoka recollect her time and get to have that opportunity one-on-one with our friend Anakin Skywalker as well. And I just want your overall perspective on this episode because there was so much that was moving throughout it, including the first part of the Siege of Mandalore, which anything with jetpacks, I mean, (laughs) I thought the Mandalorian did it. Man, clone troopers with jetpacks and Mandalorians all on one side fighting against the Separatists. Heck, yeah. I I thought this was some of the best Star Wars I've seen in years. And, um, you know, I'm not... I don't think you're, it's, it's fair to place um, any of the different sagas above or below each other. Right. Uh, I think that everything kind of builds on itself. But it was pretty impressive how successfully uh, Filoni and crew had built um, an arc, or at least the beginning of an arc, that um, will allow us to have the culmination not only of, of, of Ahsoka and Anakin's relationship, Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, at least before Rebels, but also to have real hints about what is going on in Anakin's world, what's going yeah. on in Obi Wan's world, why, um, you know, everything with the Jedi seems so disjointed in Revenge of the Sith, and you know, on top of it, hints about where some of this stuff could lead some of our friends down the line. It's just, yeah, I I tweeted about it saying that you know I my heart was racing i had tears in my eyes and it thank god i was i (laughs) i i was home you know what i mean because sometimes when you know during the regular time period i might get to work early and and throw it on just before um right i have some stuff to do and you know sometimes you know on any other broadcast you wouldn't be feeling that kind of emotion but i I was really to see scenes that were echoed in revenge of the sith Mm. I, I only saw Revenge of the Sith in the movie theater once because I Same. started ball, bawling, and uh, <laughs> I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say it. But my no. wife uh, w- was a little taken aback about how personally I took the demise of the Jedi. And oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she. Yeah, she was. She just didn't understand that. You know, I, I remember afterward just saying because I had played uh, Battlefront Two. Um, oh wow! Yeah. For a very long time. 
prior to that. And I remember seeing some of the spaces that um, they they were in, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I fought there, you know, and it sounds so there. stupid. Yeah, you know, but it felt very um, personal to me. And I, that's kind of what this episode felt like. It felt like it took a long time and it took a lot of effort to maintain your Star Wars fandom between the movies. And Clone Wars was really one of the things that rewarded you. And to yeah. have this come back as sort of a dessert uh, on top mm-hmm. of the wonderful cake that was the previous six plus seasons, mm-hmm. you know, was pretty, pretty awesome. Mm, I love that cake, especially when they layer on that extra cannon frosting, man. That is something else for sure. And, you know, I was talking to Andrew Garish about it, too, the other day. and He brought up a really good point, and it's that connection with Ahsoka in this episode. When Anakin goes off with Obi-Wan to Coruscant, and to obviously to the opening of Revenge of the Sith, that moment with Grievous and Shakti and, and all the events that happened there, and that was her last moment. That's when she described, that was the last time I saw my master. in the, the Anakin the way he was. And you could see it on her face. The thing that Filoni has done masterfully with animation is capturing emotions. You saw it with Hera when Kanan gave himself up in Rebels. The, the, the pure emotions that we feel, and, it, and it's human-like emotions on animated characters in Star Wars, which is absolutely stunning. And the way that he did it in that moment, you could tell she was happy to see him. But when she looked down at the sabers, she, she also kind of, she, she realized in that moment, I don't know if I'm going to see him. I don't know. Mm, and it was yeah. really touching. And she gave him a little bit of uh, poop because they were blue, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, good. that was, that was awesome. Uh, I also felt, you know, I'm a, I'm an Obi-Wan fan. I yeah, think first and foremost. And I, I found myself annoyed at her for being annoyed at, at Obi-Wan. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so, so, you know, that's the kind of, um, connection i had with the episode and i, I kind of think we're lucky that this happened off screen off mm-hmm. big screen because i'm not sure that in the moment those kind of um those moments would have played very well on a big oh. screen you know you had the time to let this sort of develop you had the time for uh, a soak over three scenes to really tell anakin she's not thrilled about having to deal with the jedi at this moment Right. And she's feel, re- feeling very confused. And if at breakneck pace, which I think was, you know, if I had a criticism of the rise of Skywalker, it was the pacing. It right. was the, the ability to kind of live in a moment and allow it to sink in or not have to be um, explained with exposition. Right. Um, if I had, you know, it would, I would prefer to have seen that movie be two movies and, and give it some room to mm-hmm. breathe and let us, let us all get used to the idea that the emperor is alive and, and that that's right. causing right. an awful, because I'm reading the book now. Oh, and, you are. How has the novel been so far? Oh, excellent. And you, well, thankfully I kind of, I, I there's two, two parts of this. I, I almost wish I had been able to read it ahead of time. Sure. Or, and yeah. or know a little bit more spoiler wise about what was coming so that I could at least slow it down in my head. But that's, right. I think, the brilliance of, uh, of Filoni is that he allows the story to develop. Sure. And I think that much of what people are would complain about his, he ends up having to do the hard work. And so his, 
his episodes happen to be the ones that have so much depth and so much expo- exposition that, mm-hmm. and then he leaves the, the exciting stuff um, for others, particularly in the Mandalorian this way, you know, we're watching, you know, years and years and years of culmination. So I don't know off the top of my head who directed this one, but in right. the end it felt purely star Wars, which I think when you put your finger on it, that's exactly what you want from anything that comes out of the Star Wars universe. And, and to, to be able to, after seven years, seven mm. seasons, be able to keep that Star Wars feel, that's, that's pretty impressive. It is. I mean, to be able to transition that from what are films and, and everything else into this animated form and you know exploring that through Rebels, of course, six years later, really pushing that through the uh, final season of Clone Wars. I mean, Filoni has been able to do something with the story, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this, that I think we never foresaw uh, or, or were able to foresee coming down the road in 2012 when Disney bought the franchise itself. And, you know, I'll say this much, too, is that in this episode in particular, and I think this is probably one of my favorite parts, is when we move closer and closer to the moment when Maul shows up. And we've already given a little bit of backstory. We've already got that from the last episode, the connections with Crimson Dawn. Being on Mandalore, again, number one, was fantastic. Gar Saxon, who is part of of Maul's crew, which is absolutely amazing because there's that connection to Rebels, um, to the Mandalorians of the Empire. Obviously, he never changed in any sort of way possible. Um, You know, he always wanted his piece of it. And that connection there and finally seeing Maul and knowing what he's done on Mandalore is really, really amazing to see because I feel that the character of Darth Maul has progressed in such a way that nobody would have saw that, which is what I'm saying here with this episode. And just in the moment when he appears and he's like, you're not the Jedi that I wanted, but it's the one I'm going to deal with, basically, was really, Mm -hmm. really awesome. Yeah, and... and I find myself, um, I love Maul. Uh, I particularly love Maul in Rebels. Uh, I think it's hard in this particular case when so many of us know the story yeah. so well to, to be surprised by anything that happens with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I was much more surprised with the interactions of the Jedi and, and the Mandalorians on the ship and mm. how, I guess I was a little disappointed that, um, Sabine's sister remind me her name. Oh yes, yes, yes. I know who you're speaking of was, was so one trick pony. And you know, yeah, particularly, you know, if I had, if I had one critique of the episode, it was that I, I think you have Katie Sackoff there. Yeah. Let's, let's hear more from her. Let's let's hear a little bit more depth from both Tan. Yeah, y- yeah, you know, and and give me a little bit more understanding that you know the, the implication is that Obi Wan was Sabine's um, lover, and and you know this is somebody who is almost akin to a you know brother in law situation sure, in many ways, sure. and and he she was just very very um, in his face. Uh, specifically in a moment where there needed to be some negotiation and, and she would have known and she should have understood who Obi-Wan Kenobi is because they were famous within the galaxy. Right. And certainly 
it, it felt as if she was forcing a hand that, you know, she didn't have a deck. And so, sure. you know, if that, that, if I had one moment where I was like, oh, I wish I could have had more there, that was it. Um, but yeah, getting back to Maul, we have so much Maul mm. and so much, you know, he's, you know, killing everybody and all that wonderful <laughs> junk. Um, I think, yep. it, you know, it, it gets not old, but I'm more interested in what those clones who had, you know, like that moment where the clone is holding Ahsoka's hand. Um, yeah. that has to, that has to be the telling moment for all of those clones who were, who were killed. And I, I think we lose a little bit in that because mm -hmm. Ahsoka, you know, in essence, hates this part of being a force you know, wielder and, and a Jedi in particular. And, and now she's having to face it again. And mm -hmm. she's seen so many people die and she's seen so many people get hurt um, by this this squabble, and she knows something's wrong, but she can't yeah. put her finger on it. Yet she's you know willingly taking part in it. I, I wanted to see a little bit more of what she felt about that. Yeah. Um, and you know the one thing I think that they did very well, even though I wish I could have heard a little bit more banter between them, is you know I I don't know if she thinks that that's the last time she's going to see him. Because there was a little bit more of a, uh, a less of a finality to it than, than I, I think anyone could be expected to expect, you know, and, and right, she, right. she's, she's seeing him walk away and we know this is it. So there's a heightened emotional awareness on the behalf of the viewer, but you know, they can't feel that. They don't know that. They don't know that, you know, what someone, there was a great meme this guy will be killing people, killing children in, in, in five days, you know, <laughs> right, and, right. and you're like, Oh, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 How do you even get there? Um, but it, <laughs> five days, yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's the kind of universe you're in. It's no different than Lord of the Rings or, or Marvel mm -hmm. or anything like that. You know, people make terrible decisions and do terrible things. And at least giving that hint that, Ahsoka no longer thinks of herself as his Padawan, no longer wants necessarily to be brother and sisterly with him, or at least there's that hint of he's, he's lost a connection and he's very upset. You know, you could tell he's, he's upset and yeah. that'll color how he moves, uh, you know, totally going into, yeah. You know, and then of course, you know, at the end of that day, he finds out from Padme that she's pregnant. So the, the succession right. of events in this poor guy's life at least give us ah. better hints as to why he might make the choices that he does going into Order 66. Stuff beyond what we saw in Revenge of the Sith, the preludes to all of that. Give us a little more of those emotions. Give us some more background because George left some things open. He did. Oh, they, yeah. Look at Revenge yeah. of the Sith. There were a lot of emotions left wide open. It just wasn't that moment with Dooku when he had him at, at his at his end. And he's, you know, of course, Palpatine says, do it. You know, it wasn't yeah. just that. There was so much more built into the story that George didn't tell that I feel like I, maybe, maybe we'll see something. Who knows? Uh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not trying to predict the future on it, but also the other thing I want to quickly talk about before we move forward. And I think it's a great transition subject too is with Ahsoka in particular, 
this focus on the clones and you brought it up, you know, the emotions, that moment when Ahsoka's holding that clone's hand, they can feel and sense, you know, even though they're wired a certain way, uh, when they have a connection like her clones did to Ahsoka in particular, um, it's, it becomes an understanding that hold on a second. We saw in rebels, Rex comes back. He escapes with a bunch of others. They're wired differently. They're chips, you know, yeah. obviously stuff in the canon where, you know, I, you guys can go and you can look into it. I'm not going to get in depth with it, but you can start to see that play out here as we move closer and closer to Order 66. That, like Cody, we see right there, Obi-Wan goes ahead. He's about to get blasted and, and Obi-Wan saves him, you know. And it's literally, like you said, five days, if not ten days later, Cody's saying, fire at Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, no, you know, no questions asked. And, and it's, it's you one know, of those that things. that is well, was that Robin? It's 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 one of those things you just kind of you look at it and you're like, wow, some of the clones are wired a certain way to take that order, and then somebody like Rex and obviously Ahsoka's clones in particular that she was given to by Anakin, you know, and you just look at it and you're like, wow, total different rewiring, and. It's just it's going to be fascinating to see that play out, and I think Rex is one of those characters. We know where he heads, but how are they going to continually use him going forward as we get closer to Order sixty six? And what does that transition look like? Yeah, you know, I just wrote about that too. A piece that's going to come out on Mickey Blog uh, later this afternoon. I have a theory about that, mm. um, and, but I also think that Lucasfilm did a good job of essentially killing off most of quote unquote Ahsoka's clones. Sure. Because now, you know, whatever clones she, you know, will inevitably have to fear, uh, flee from probably are not uh, am, are not necessarily those that she knows really well. Right. And, right. Um, you know, it, I'm sure that they will include some sort of shot like that. I'm sure that there will be some in, in that unit who are firing upon her. But, oh, you yeah, know, there's there's got to be uh, the crux uh, moment of how does she survive? And we'll figure that out pretty soon, I imagine. Yeah. And that will be one of those moments that I feel like you and I, <laughs> especially yeah, with Rex getting the order too, it's going to be like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Let me go get some tissues quickly because this is going to get really interesting really quick. And, you know, I, I mean, one of the other things we talked about and we want to talk about here specifically on this episode too, John, is we're getting a little thing from Disney Plus and I could not be any more excited because I am somebody probably much like you who loves seeing behind the scenes and loves seeing the filming and the production side of anything Star Wars related. And this upcoming Disney Plus, I guess you could say documentary series, whatever you want to specifically call it, we'll wait until it comes out. But it's focusing on the first season of Man of the Mandalorian and oh, how yeah. it went together, how Filoni got Favreau and everybody behind the scenes. Dice Bre Bre uh, if I could say it properly, uh, <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, being able to direct uh, an episode too. I am fascinated in seeing this, and you know, there's going to be some tie-ins. I, I feel, I feel, obviously with the Rosario Dawson announcement obviously with everything else coming up down the road. I mean, just, just getting this opportunity to look behind the scenes and then also start to lay our minds on the idea of season two. Are you excited about this uh, documentary oh. series? Yeah. I mean, you know, 
given my background, I've gotten to run into an awful lot of people I would consider heroes. And there's a couple people that in the back of my head, I kind of say, you know, I hope I don't run into them. And I, allow, <laughs> uh, you know, while it would be unbelievable to you know, pick the brain of, of John Favreau, for someone my age and somebody who watched his ascension into Hollywood, um, upper higher Hollywood hierarchy from, mm. you know, swingers, which was, you know, in the back of his mind for quite a while and then finally yeah. got sold and blah, 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 all the way to uh, his going to Iron Man and now being an integral part of, of Star Wars. I mean, I would, I am very excited to see how he and Filoni built um, this world, this bridge between, you know, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Because mm. I think that's really what we're seeing, that these, that these series are, are built as bridges between the major yes. moments that we saw in the Skywalker saga. And not as much, um, but allow those of us who grew up around those things to still have that, even as this, you know, Star Wars moves away from Darth Vader and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Luke mm. and into different eras. So we still have our cake and we're eating it too. Um, I do, I do wonder, you know, what all we'll learn about season two as we watch, you know, I think it's eight episodes, probably eight weeks yeah. or so of that, that will bridge the gap between uh, May 4th, which is the end of Clone Wars, and sometime in August, I think we were, or October, we were supposed to get um, season two of The Mandalorian. So we'll have we'll have six or seven weeks, six, eight weeks of no Star Wars, I imagine. But who mm. knows what's coming down the pike in terms of animation and all that wonderful stuff. Very true. And, but in any case, you know, we're going to get to see them do it. And as much as everybody says this thing looks and feels like, you know, 1977, they use some yeah. of the most high-tech stuff to get that look and feel on a very small set. You know, a lot of that stuff is not shot practically. Yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see how people react to the idea that, you know, that cave scene, I believe, was uh, was shot within green screens on mm. a you know, very small set, you know. And, wow, you know, imagine that, you know, trans transdotions are fighting with uh, <laughs> you know, a, a Mandalorian, you know, in, in essentially a box with uh, electronic... Yeah, uh, scenery around, you know, so, you know, that'll be amazing. And, and to hear Favreau, who did such a great job explaining, you know, how he did the live action Jungle Book and um, Lion mm. King, which, despite what you think about it, those things being connected to their original source material, the guy did an amazing job oh, using the technology. So how he kind of, I'm sure, cut his teeth on technology. Um, will be really great to see. And plus, I, I get the impression that he and Filoni are pretty good friends. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, one of the things that just keeps barking in the back of my head is, yeah, yeah, we are going to see uh, Ahsoka in season two. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be great. They're going to handle it really well. And <laughs> maybe, maybe Commander yeah, Captain Rex will be there as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to, we can uh, <laughs> no, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a really great point there, too. Uh, I mean, you look at the team that they have on this series. You have Dave Filoni, who, by the way, his sketches, the things that go through his mind, number one. I was talking with another friend of mine, 
And he said to me, he was like, Filoni truly is an art form within himself in terms of the modern sense of Star Wars and what he's been able to take from his learnings with George and being able to apply it to today. I mean, this guy knows this franchise. He knows the characters. He comes up with amazing concepts. He dreams them up. And Favreau has the technology mindset and experience to be able to take what is on paper and bring it to life around somebody like Dave Filoni, who has the animation side. So, and it's it's one of those things that when I when we go to watch this documentary series, I'm going to be really fascinated to see, and I'm sure you are too, and you've said it here, is the interactions between Dave and John because I would love them. And we didn't know much about what happened at Skywalker ranch when they both were there. We saw the picture of them hanging out before all of this started. And I would love for this documentary series to begin with them at Skywalker ranch and just hear them talk about the concepts for this thing. I would love to start this off that way. And you were talking about there an art, he's an art form. You know, I, I would say that that art form, um, with him at the apex of it is all of us, all of us who yeah, grew up absolutely. with Star Wars and he just happens to get to do it professionally, you know? And I think Favreau is probably someone you can point to as, as the, you know, another one of those people, you know, for the longest time, John Favreau had a, a droid as his avatar on, oh, that's on right. Twitter. And, you know, I always wondered what that meant, you know, what, why, mm-hmm. why? You know, and it, it turns out that he was just like all the rest of us playing with all his Star Wars toys. Now he gets to do it for real. Gets the better Star and, Wars toys. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we all get to see some of the things that we all played out in the backyard with our multiple Boba Fett, you know, oh, yeah. or, 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 you know, the, the various versions that came out over the years. And suddenly you have three Boba Fett's. Well, what if there were three Boba Fett's? And, <laughs> you know, it, it, I just think it's unbelievable. And it, it gives me hope for whatever comes down the road, um, not only in Mandalorian season two, which we'll talk a little bit more about, but, you know, Obi-Wan and, and the um, Cassian Andor show, which, you know, just penned mm-hmm. and, and it just pulled in a, a few more people on top of the wonderful crew that we have already. You know, we've got great Star Wars coming. And again, you know, I don't want to go too far down because I think it's been two episodes of me, you know, pontificating on this. But <laughs> I hope I hope everybody keeps an open mind yes. about all of this and understand that whatever you wanted from Star Wars, it's what you wanted. It's not what the creatives, the people who are getting paid, are producing. So putting your headcanon out there as something that should have been seems somewhat selfish to me and i hope that everybody gives um everyone a little bit of leeway as they get used to this new medium and by the way this is the star wars we're going to have over the next couple years we better all Mm. try to give it a little bit more slack uh, much more so than people gave episode nine which had all these other things going against it but you know this is this is the as good as it gets this this last week that we had um with clone wars and what's coming down the pike yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see what happens coming up here. And John, one of, one of my last question for you is with Mandalorian season two in particular, because like you said, we're we're gonna have sounds like Ahsoka, sounds like Rosario Dawson in there. The possibility of somebody like Commander Rex, Captain Rex in particular, coming in, maybe a Tim Tim Morrison, somebody coming in to play that role in that moment. I think 
and and I'm not asking you necessarily for your expectations for this upcoming season, but do you feel that this documentary series that we're going to see is really teasing the idea that, hey, this is what we were able to accomplish with season one, and we know that you absolutely loved, you know, we're going to see a lot of Baby Yoda, we're going to see a lot of the child in the development of that specific character in this documentary series, but do you feel that a lot of this documentary series is also going to be tooting the horn of, hey, you think you got a lot of it in season one. Wait until you see what we have planned for season two. Do you feel like I, there's some of that in this as well? I, I actually think that we can go a little closer to the upcoming um, three episodes of The Clone Wars to get that feeling about season two of The Mandalorian. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a spoiler warning right here. And it, you know, it probably mm. will go to the end of the episode. So if you don't want um, my speculation to taint, taint your expectations, <laughs> this is your time. Right this is this is a pure guess, but based mm -hmm. on what I saw, there is a moment in the first trailer for the Clone Wars that I actually believe is either the moment before or the moment after um, Order sixty six and Rex ripping the uh, cell the um, the chip out of his head. I believe that's what we see when Ahsoka's standing on a table, Rex is on the floor, slowly getting to his feet, and she looks like she is defending him as he comes to. I believe that that is the moment where he is no longer a clone and becomes, first and foremost, uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka's closest friend. Unfortunately, I think he's the one who's going to have to defend her in that moment yeah. so that she can escape. And we really don't know what happens to him for the ensuing few years until we see him again on the Battle of Endor. Right. But we also know that after the Battle of Endor, Ahsoka is still alive. That's right. I believe that what we will see is uh, Ahsoka either looking for or finding Rex on the way for something else. And I think that that's wow. going to be a, a major arc in in uh, season two of the Mandalorian, I think that they're wow. going to really hurt us, heartstrings wise, on their departure from each other. And you know, there's so much there in Rebels from that we haven't, you know, necessarily that not everyone has understood. I think a whole lot of people are going to be running to Rebels after this. Oh yes, and then a whole lot of people are going to be reading the Ahsoka book. And maybe maybe we're going to get a Rex novel at some point. And That'd so you know, you know, I I think that um, I think it would be great to see those loose ends get tied in. And if we could get Tamira Morrison in there as old old Rex, you know, sort of like old Logan. Mm -hmm. I mean, how cool would that be? You know, even if unfortunately <laughs> totally. we, we happen to see him die, or we happen to yeah. see him, you know, in his last legs, and he has some really important information about you know, where the child's from or anything like that. You know, just don't know. Mm. We don't know. And, but we know, cool, you know, that that's where I'm at. And that is, you know, informed, but pure speculation. And I have a little bit more coming on that in my Mickey, uh, Mickey blog post this afternoon. Look at that plug right there. That's, that's, that's the best plug in the business, man, right there. Check out his article when it comes out. I know I'll be doing that as well. I agree with you on all levels. You know, I think that there's something coming up down the pipeline. This documentary series is filling in the gaps for while we wait 
for season two to become a reality for us. And, and I think it's going to be a great time to sit back while we're watching and we're working through the Clone Wars in particular, have the opportunity to watch this, find some connective tissues as fans, and just kind of wait it out, man. You know, we're at home right now. We're in quarantine. We're staying put. We're doing what we can. But you know what? Star Wars continues on, and we're going to find those areas and we're going to keep having conversations about them. So it's, it's totally, great. Totally. Yeah. And, it's and you know, super it, exciting time. let's just think about it too. Like what they were trying to probably fill in, in the months of August and September, uh, might mm. not happen. We're not going to, I don't, I mean, there's nothing official. I don't know anything official. Of I just, I just think it would make little sense for, um, star Wars celebration and D 23 to, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't think either of those things have been announced officially. However, it does seem, you know, with Comic-Con going down uh, this year, that yeah. all of these kind of things where there's, you know, multiple levels of people in and out over a period of days in very close confinement. I mean, the, you know, they call them the sweaties for a reason, right? For a reason, yes. Right? And so, you That's know, right. all of us sweaties going into these places and, you know, know knowing full well what that means, yeah. I think that you will watch Disney, who really emphasized its footprint on the media landscape with that incredible um, show the other day, the stay at home concert. Oh, that, that was fantastic. You know, everybody watched, everybody watched. And I think it actually overshadowed the thing that happened last night mm. and people are still talking about it. You know, people saying it could have gone on for another hour. I mean, that's the hold that um, this company has on, you know, the collective psyche. And it would be, it, I would be shocked if we didn't get some major announcements between July and September about yeah. the future of star Wars, even beyond the Mandalorian and clone wars mm. and all that, you know, we still have Thrawn out there. We still have Ezra out there. Plus we have who knows, uh, writing the, the future stories. And, and it, yeah. it's going to be, I think if everybody just sits back and tries to enjoy it, you're going to have some great stuff. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Sit back, relax, Stay at home, save lives, do what we've been saying, and just take a backseat for a second and see what they come out with. Because you're right. They have something planned. They'll announce it when the time comes. And we're going to be here for it. Whether that's in person or whether that's in our own homes, it's going to happen. And we have to think about it that way. As fans, as human beings, you got to always look on the bright side of life, to quote my favorite movie of all time, Life of Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to put a nice little bow on this episode. Send it off to you via Amazon. Make sure to wipe down the box, do all that, and open it up and enjoy it over on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all those podcasts. But it's not a podcast episode until we do this. It's a little thing we would like to call plug time here at the podcast mr john bishop where can the good people find you and your upcoming article on social media well first off you want to go over to mickeyblog.com where uh, my compatriots and i keep up with the the total uh disney universe but i my beat happens to usually be star wars marvel and anything like that uh, i've got some indiana jones in there and indiana mm. jones coming but then you can also find me on marvelblog.com uh, and also at disneybuzz.com all of those three things you'll find my stuff i write one article a day for each of them generally and then i do this podcast with you every week love it absolutely love it you guys can follow me over on twitter at mr vote tweets check out the podcast over there at brick city swpc make sure to go over to apple podcast subscribe make sure 
to go and follow us over on SoundCloud and also subscribe to us on Spotify as well. You guys can check out all of our merch on TeePublic at tpublic.com forward slash Brick City Blockade Fan Shop. And also make sure to support us on Patreon. Those funds help to go into doing the podcast every month, keeps the feed running, and gets your thoughts and opinions onto the show. Sean Michaud and I recently recorded an episode of the podcast itself, which we broke down our 10 greatest albums, ones that we connect with the most, thanks to Fabio Fiore of Tatooine Times, and of course, uh, our good friend Andrew Merton Garish of Words of the Wills podcast for their contribution, and that is a way for you to get involved at the podcast over on Patreon. Submit your audio, anything you want to contribute to the podcast that involves Star Wars or anything in this world today. Make sure to go over there and do that and you can also like the page on facebook make sure to check that out as well but guys hey thank you so much for tuning in john can't wait for the next conversation my friend awesome stay home until then my man you know it man i will be doing so and it's not a podcast until we do this as well may the force be with you always <laughs>